The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia. Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, November 6th, 2023, season 19, episode number 64. Welcome welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And today we have to dissect Cowboys loss. They lose to the Eagles 28-23 on the road. They'll get a chance to see this team again. That was the common thought coming out of the locker room. Uh, But yesterday, it was a loss for them. A close game. Uh, We'll break it down. We'll tell you what went right and what went wrong for the Cowboys in that game. Uh, Let's start where we normally start on a Monday. Let's go around the table. I want to hear your storylines. What is the biggest, most enduring storyline for you that comes out of this game? Let's start with you, Patrick. Uh, you got to figure out that offensive line. Um... I mean, Tyron Smith, he did return to the game, and and for the most part, he he played fairly well. I mean, but, uh, you know, Dak Prescott was just lights out regardless of the pressure that he was under, and he was under quite a bit of pressure. Um, I think 30% uh, quarterback pressure from the Philadelphia Eagles, five sacks, and and Dak was still out there dealing almost 400 yards. I mean, then when you factor in uh, the 14 rushing yards, he accounted for 96% of the Cowboys' 406 uh, offensive yards of production. So Dak, your your quarterback, is he's ready. He's ready to uh, be to get this team to where they need to get. Ceedee Lamb, 191 yards, uh, just unbelievable football. But at the end of the day, it still came down to the same pressures that were affecting the Cowboys on the first offensive drive where they had that quick three and out. Uh, talk about the, the Josh Sweat sack for an 11-yard loss on Dak Prescott. Terrence Steele got beat pretty handily on that one. And, and for those that are saying, we were talking about this before we went hot, for those that are saying, well, Dak can't take that sack, that happened so quickly that the only way you throw that ball away is if you're ready to get that intentional grounding flag that comes from that. So um, Steele's not had his, you know, the, his best season over the past couple of games, um, which is kind of strange because he was the one of the bright spots in the absence of that when they were having those OL injuries over the course of the first few games of the season. Um, but, yeah, his, his play has kind of trended downward. He's got to get back to where he needs to get. Um, so for me, it's – I mean, there's – a lot of different things, and we'll hit as the show goes on. But, you know, kudos to Dak Prescott for getting it or, you know, doing his best to get the job done. CeeDee Lamb doing his best to get the job done. Defense had a slow start, clamped down in the fourth quarter when it mattered most. Um, but, you know, credit to the Eagles. They got it done. Ball bounced their way, didn't bounce the Cowboys' way. Game of inches, Cowboys didn't win it. Brian? Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> yeah. I actually thought that Tyron Smith played one of the best games he's played in years. I really do. And it was the total opposite of what Terrence Steele went through in that game yesterday. And when you start – if they can get the level of Tyron Smith play the rest of the season like that, if they can keep him healthy, they'll be fine over there. Uh, they, They do have some issues at center. And they do have some issues at right tackle. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple of times there where big plays could have been made if the center had gotten his block or the right tackle had gotten his block. I noticed on film only one time where they tried to help steal. 
and it was late in the game, and they brought Pollard across the formation to try and kind of set things up to help him. So they 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 made the commitment that we were going to let Steele go. Uh, Brandon Graham to me is one of these guys that doesn't play the whole game, and then all of a sudden he comes mm-hmm. in and kills you two straight plays. You know, and and his ability to gain pressures and things like that. That's what you got to have when you're trying to win these games. You're going to have to try and have somebody that hasn't done anything really all day, and all of a sudden they show up. And to me, those are the differences of the game. Uh, You know, when you have the opportunity, you get down, you know, you drive the ball, you get down there with the final opportunity. You know, unfortunately, though, a couple of the reads that the quarterback missed were in the latter part of the game. And he had played brilliantly. And, and, you know, and I'm not taking it away from him, but when you put the whole thing on him because you have no running game, the, the margin of error is zero for this team in that way. And they can't afford the penalties. They can't overcome things. They can't overcome sacks. You know, it's that's the problem. But the quarterback played great. I'm sure there's two two plays that he's going to watch on tape. He absolutely and and I say this about again. I mentioned Brandon Graham. He's the reason why Prescott doesn't get in on the two point play mm-hmm. because of how hard he. It reminded me very much of Jeff Heath that time when the Cowboys mm-hmm. beat the Raiders. And, and, yeah, he tries to get to the pylon, and, and, and Jeff Heath forced him out of bounds, and then you got the fumble and all that. So, you know, tip the cap to the Eagles for the way that they played. When they had to make some plays, they got it with their front. It wasn't anything to do with their secondary. It was all about their front, and their quarterback was, uh, was wounded. They started running the ball in the second half or trying to run the ball. It kind of played into Dallas's hands a little bit better. But man, when you when you just needed some plays down at the end there, you just couldn't find a way to get it done. And I think that was really the difference of the game. Very two very evenly matched teams, just that Philadelphia came up with one or two more plays than you had yesterday. Um <clears throat> all right, my venting session. <laughs> Let me preface this by saying when emotions are high, mm. rationale is, is low. <laughs> so don't be asking me to be rational to uh, today because it, it ain't happening. Um, Whatever it is going to be better than where you were last night. So let's. I think we're okay. A little, it's a little See, better. You know? saying, it's better than where you were last night. I got to, I go to listen to music on my drive here. Yeah. Music always helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's just it, it freaking sucks. It really does because, and me personally, I spent all week backing them up, mm. finding that rationale, and, and really believing. I really. Every part of my body believed on a win this this last weekend. Um, didn't happen. And it's always like, oh, so close. They should have won that game. I'm freaking tired. I'm sorry. I'm tired of saying they should have won that game. Because it happens so often where we come out of a, of a loss and we're like, well, they should have won because this and this and this and that. Regardless of how everything happened uh, prior to those last couple of minutes of the game and we were there watching it. It, it, Forget everything that happened then. When it got to those, the Cowboys still had two chances, two more chances to get into the end zone, and it did not happen. Um, I thought, regardless of everything, Dak did play a very tough game right off the bat. You could see him, even when he was running out of the pocket, uh, I thought he did a really nice job. 
I don't think the play calling was really good. I had a lot of things that kind of bothered me on some of the play calling that Mike McCarthy was doing. And another thing, the officiating. I'm so tired of it. Let's, Let's cook. I'm so tired of it. Let's cook. I don't know what needs to happen. How do you rebel against this? I don't know what kind of protest we need to make it happen. I don't know if we need to get sign, uh, uh, fans to start signing petition. Let's get, I don't know how many signatures are valid to make something happen because I am so sick and tired of it. Um, it's frustrating because obviously you see the outcome mm-hmm. and how much it can affect the result of the game. And this is not to say... I'm vouching just for the Cowboys. It happens both ways sure where you're just watching yeah. it and it's just like, what the heck? Like, and, and it, it just, there has to be a better way when so much is at stake. We know how much everybody cares about football games. We know how many, how little, like there's only 17 of these that right. happen in a season. So it's just that whole aspect of things. It's so freaking frustrating. Um, and I can't believe that we go year after year and we just always kind of mention it, complain about it. And I don't know, again, I, I, I don't know what needs to happen to make it better. But at some point, something needs to happen. Yeah, that, the crazy part about it is I've stopped complaining about that because, as you just said, nothing's yeah, going to change about it. And by the way, and, and what one thing I also think is true, you mentioned it, it happens on both sides. Like there are, you can come out of every game and both teams typically – Every once in a while, it's lopsided. But typically, both teams are like, that was a little, that was a wonky call right there. Like, that call could have affected the game, and it was a bad call. So, I think part of it is you got humans being referees, which means if they're human, they're going to be imperfect. That's the nature of it. But also, it happens on both sides. So, at some point, you just like, it is what it is, and that's the part you got to overcome. You have to overcome whatever the bad call is. And unless it's just some egregious, call i usually am just like hey man that's just that's how it goes with officiating but see that's the problem i have with it <clears throat> and and for me i want to be clear in that and if you have watched the show daily over the past several weeks this isn't the first time we've been frustrated with the officiating but this is the first time that i'm about to cook when it comes to the officiating it's that's not the only reason that the cowboys walked away with a loss in philadelphia yesterday it's just not cowboys had self-inflicted wounds as well perfect example uh rashawn evans with the uh, 15 yard mm-hmm. penalty on a drive that ends up being a touchdown for the philadelphia ball, by the way ball was, a, yeah. ball, ball was already in the end zone right. and guys were peeling back to go to the sidelines as he's ripping the guy's helmet right. off his head. Right. Hey, so this, this is a kicker that normally kicks yeah. out of the end zone. Why are you? That's a that's a stupid penalty exactly to make. my point. So self inflicted wounds yeah. that happen um, with the po- the possible game winning drive. You you get down there. The Eagles help you out with penalty. Penalty. Mm-hmm. Now it's first and goal from the six. What do you do? False start. Mm-hmm. And then Steele gets beat by Josh Sweat. 11-yard mm-hmm. loss. Now it's third and long. Oh, this situation is dire. So that is all true. Cowboys suffered self-inflicted wounds. Read or two that Dak would like back in an otherwise masterpiece theater of a game for him. That factors in as well. But then when you start talking about, for me, it's like the uh, habitual offenders that weren't flagged as often as they should have been. James Bradbury was just out there more or less doing what he wanted to do. Example, early in the game, clear hold on CeeDee Lamb coming out of that break. No flag. Later in the game, obvious hands to the face on Michael Gallup. And the admission, the physical admission, when he he did it, flag went, he threw his hands up like this. That's how you know it was guilty. On that play, it was a sack by Jalen Carter. The flag got picked up with no explanation. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Oops, my bad. Let what, me get this back. That, that is quite like, literally like you crazy. catching me in the middle of a felony. <laughs> you have me in cuffs, and then right before you put me in the squad car, you say, you know what? Ah, never mind. Never mind. Okay, for me, if I'm James Bradbury, if I'm the criminal, okay, cool. But if I'm the person that you just violated, if I'm the victim of the crime, Michael Gallup is looking around like, what the hell is going on? Mike McCarthy's like, what the hell is going on? So my problem is what you just said. At a certain point, there's nothing you can do about it. It's just part of the game, unfortunately, until a better solution comes along or until they figure it out. It's no point in complaining about it. But when it comes down to the egregious ones and the, the thrown flag on an obvious infraction, but it's picked up. And, and Jalen Tober getting hit in the back at, before the ball gets there. Schoonmaker getting tackled. Before, people were saying, well, Schoon didn't run that deep enough. He didn't get enough depth. He got just enough depth, but he was wrapped up before the ball arrived, which is what drove his left knee down to be short. It's things like that that impact the game as well. These are two evenly matched teams, like Brian said. Th- these are the teams, the best in the NFC East, and it's still going to come down to these two these two teams. And I said I thought the Cowboys were going to split with this. I thought they'd land the first blow. Philly would probably come in AT&T, get the rematch. However, now I think it's going to go the other way. Bottom line, though, is let the players decide what happens and not the officiating. The officiating crew cannot be the headline of an NFL game, not just this game. Any game. Yeah, that I mean that that's all fine. That's great. But at the end of the day, none of us, nobody in that locker room, nobody can affect any of that and change any of that. It, it is something that as long as I've watched football, there have been these discussions about the the way the game is called. By the way, it's not the just the NFL. It happens in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It happens it happens in every sport. That's just the nature of it. Imperfect people are imperfect, which means that there's gonna be bad calls. What I can say is when I look at this game. Cowboys had opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. And, and despite all the calls, they had opportunities, and they did not convert the opportunities. They didn't make enough of the plays. I, Amber, you and I were watching there at the end of the game, and, and we're watching them move down the field, and we're like, this is going to be Dak's moment. Like, mm-hmm. this is that moment we've been waiting for where Dak shows you, I'm going to put this team on my back, Folks, and man. we're going to take it down there, and we're going to win this ball game on the road. We're going to steal this one because, really, the, the Eagles have really kind of played them to that point where you're like, if they win this one, it's probably going to be a little bit of a – they stole this game. Mm-hmm. But th- he had them in position, and then they self-inflicted Offensive wounds. line. Self-inflicted wounds. Back and I, after original, the game, bro. I told Nick. He was talking about his story. I said, to me, it's very clear the story of this game. I'll give you two words. Offensive line. At the moment you needed it most – your offensive line couldn't hold up, and their defensive line won. Then that the, was then, the game. Then that's it, really. Because, okay. What is there to look forward to as far as improvement when it comes to the O-line this year, well, this I, season? Because Philadelphia the, has the same questions about their secondary. What, there's nothing that they could potentially do to get any yeah, better. And, and, and the injuries, well, but, but still, still can occurring. get better. Still is coming off an injury last season, yeah. where I think I think you got to expect it as. And by the way, I'm not going to be one that sits up here. He had a horrible game yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be one that sits here and writes him off at this point. I've done that before earlier no, in his no, career. I've, this I've, guy can play. Well, he had a bad day as, yesterday. As, as I said, and he's he coming the off the injury. Spot. You let it kind of keep going. You hope that as the season wears on. He gets it back on track, yeah. and he'll be fine. This is not a bad player. This is a player that had a bad day, and right. that happens. Fact. He had a bad day yesterday. So I, I don't want to condemn the entire offensive line. The problem is they can't seem to get the continuity they need because every time they start playing together, somebody gets hurt. And I think and that's that's, thing. that's yeah. more of the thing. Like yeah. that, that might be the issue of how do you get better is you can't really get better because at some point it always seems like one of them goes down with an injury. 
Right. So uh, that, I mean, we're saying the you can't same fix thing. that. We're yeah, you can't fix that. You can't right, fix but, it. but yeah. I'm with Derek on this one, and that's why I prefaced it the way I did when I talked about Steele. He's had the last two games not been great. Yesterday's game, absolutely, probably one of the worst he's put on film. But this is the same season where we were giving him praise. Uh, going into the bye week where it was an offensive line that had a lot of shuffling because it had injuries, but who was was holding it down the whole time during that stretch? It was Terrence Steele. So, yes, a couple bad days at the office, put hang that on him. But for anyone saying, oh, we'll get him out of here, why? Why? Allow him to work through this. You allow any other player to work through a a little bit of a slump. I think he's – I know he's earned the right to be able to work through that. And then the the – Opposite side of that, or I should, not, not necessarily the opposite, but the other side of that question is, for those that are saying, we'll ditch your starting right tackle, who's proven to be a very capable starting right tackle, which is why he's still here uh, going forward, who, who who are you going with? Who are you going with? Are you going into the middle of the season, the back end of the season, that you're trying to pull your starter at right tackle and put somebody else there when you don't know if your left tackle is going to be able to continue to play games and be available? Don't create new problems where you don't have to create new problems. Let the young man work through that. I'm confident that he will. But the offensive line, like you said, and like we all agree, when push came to absolute shove and you were first and goal from the six-yard line, it was the offensive line that cost you that game. And that's the bottom line, period. So officiating, that's true. But also in a game of inches, I mean, the Cowboys just got no breaks as far as the bounce of the ball. Yeah, that's Three true. Three fumbles, and they all went right back to Philadelphia. And when that third one happened and it went right back, I was just like, you know what? This is the, this is the kind of game it is. This is where it is. The Cowboys are not probably not going to win this game because they're not getting a single one of those bounces. Sam Williams, he sacks. Strip fumbles and that ball falls right back into Jalen's hands. Booker had the strip sack. Yeah, I mean the exactly. strip strip fumble Hooker, and uh, Hooker, and, yeah. and that Hooker. I'm sorry, Hooker had the the fumble he created exactly. and they get the and ball it, back. It fell right back yeah. under him. There were three times they fumbled the ball and three times that the Eagles that recovered their own fumbles. All right, we're gonna take our first break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about that final series and particularly, do you guys feel like there was some failure in coaching from all the the mistakes that were made? How much do you put on coaching? We'll talk about that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savanna. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a soldier to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper 
is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back to the break. Tis the season for youth football and dance camps presented by Evisalign. Don't miss your chance to uh, learn from Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and former NFL players at AT&T Stadium on December 22nd and December 23rd. Celebrate the holidays with the Cowboys. Register today at DallasCowboys.com slash camps. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. The segment brought to you by Blockchain.com. All right, we're talking about the Cowboys lost 28-23 to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, let's talk about that last series. Um, you had, after the Cowboys get the penalties that get them down into into uh, into the, the, uh, the, the Eagles' side of the field, mm-hmm. deep in their territory, uh, you get a false start by Tyler Smith. You have the sack uh, by Sweat. Uh, you have an incompletion to Tolbert. You have a delay of game on Jake Ferguson. Um, and then you have the final play, uh, the 23-yard pass to, to Lamb. That you could just, have used those five more yards. You definitely could have used those five more yards. Uh, and let's not also forget that two-point conversion. And, th- and Dak, I, I think Dak really, that's the one play of all the plays in the game. He had a phenomenal day. Yeah. That play is the one that's going to haunt him. Because if he gets that two-point conversion, that would have meant both those two. Now, it might have changed how Philly approached that the last half of the fourth quarter. But the point is... They would have had opportunities to get down into field goal range and get a field goal. And you know how money your kicker has been to get a field goal to get you into overtime. That, to me, you combine all of those things that happened really over from the time that Dak didn't get the two-point conversion and then the next two series, there were just all these miscues. How much of that do you put on failure of coaching versus just lack of execution? I think the lack of execution. I mean, the, the problem I have with the last series was – all the routes were just vertical routes mm-hmm. to the end zone. So you're not – the only one that had any real purpose or design to it was verticals and then bring CD across and try and, like, hope that the coverage goes with everybody in the end zone and you catch the ball right in front, which I thought was a pretty good design. Right. But it looked like to me that there was a lot of uncertainty with the Cowboys receivers when it came to those final couple of plays – with route running. I didn't see anything that led me to believe there was any type of, you know, the 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 pass he threw uh the pass he threw to Tolbert in the corner of the end zone that just went too far. Mm-hmm. You know, if he, inside of that he's got he's got Turpin on a on a like a like a he's turning at the goal line. So he just committed the throw into the corner, but Turpin's now he's the one guy that's fast enough 
and maybe a little bit fresher than everybody else. So he's already to the end zone as Dak's already made the decision to go to Tolbert. Mm-hmm. You know, if he if if he has a chance and maybe he sees Turpin inside, it's a throw and a catch. I'll say this on the on the uh on the sack, the the, the well the two point play, I know you were talking about that one. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about offensive line, and Biotis got beat so bad by Carter. I mean, he's struggling. Literally, they're trying to run a scheme again, and they do this. They've done it a couple times. I did it on the two-point play and some other ones they've tried to do is they put Cooks in the slot to one side and work him all the way across the field. But it's one of those plays it takes a lot of time to get him from the right side to the left side to the corner. And all of a sudden, you know, Dak's dealing with – like, you know, he's dealing with Carter and Biotish and everything right in his face. And, you know, I, I think that, to me, it's just, it, it was it was a heck of a play. It really was. I mean, the thing about it with Dak trying to run, pull the ball down and run, and Brandon Graham was chasing him, it just was, it, it, and he that was, his intent was to try and throw that ball to, to Cooks. And the line, you know, Biotish's block was just so bad that mm-hmm. Dak, now he's trying to, sh- you know, He's trying to shake, uh, change hands while he's running and to get the ball to the pylon, but he takes an extra step, and that extra step carries him out of bounds. So, I mean, you know, hell, it's people trying to make plays, but the whole execution of having to block the front and handle you know, Carter there kills the opportunity. It makes it now a, a, a jailbreak play, mm-hmm. and then you don't, you don't pull it off. Is Biotis healthy? They say he is. I mean, I, I look He's at him. He's not playing like he is. I look at him, and I, I just don't is think. Is anyone really healthy? Well, but I'm just saying, I, I don't, I don't see Biotish, to I'm me, last no. season, as I watched Biotish, I felt like he he was starting was to, to gain that power yeah. and, and those things that you didn't think he had earlier in his career. I thought yeah. he showed a lot of that last year. And this year, they're just those moments when he's not. That that sack with Cox, that Cox got, I think yeah. that was on Biotish. Yeah. And and I just think, I don't know, I, I'm just, it, he's not, he doesn't seem like he's playing at the level that he was last year. He might be on a bad wheel. Um, I mean, I'm, and I was looking at this this morning and started diving into film and I'm looking at it again. And uh, to answer your initial question, I, I don't really have an issue with the play calling. Um, in that sequence, as far as the Cowboys' potential game, was let's be there. clear. I'm not. I wasn't necessarily pointing no. to play calling. It the was execution. more just overall. Yeah, like, the yeah. Did, what, yeah. what were, the they, were they drilled properly yeah. to know in that situation how to efficiently do it well? Yeah. In, instead of making the mistakes just, that they it, made. It, for me, and I agree with Brian. It kind of goes back to what were the issues with the Cowboys in, in the red zone and trying to get this offense going over the most of the first half of the season. It was lack of execution, um, and it kind of showed its, itself here. And again, this is a masterclass game by. Dak Prescott, but it wasn't a perfect game. Um, there's a read here on that particular play to Tolbert. This is, if I'm not mistaken, it's the one time where Dak had predetermined where he wanted to throw that ball. It was the one time that I had seen in real time that I was like, okay, he wanted to throw that ball to Tolbert yeah. deep left before he saw how the play unfolded. If he had not predetermined that, he might have had Turpin, but the better play was Jake Ferguson was right there in the middle of the field streaming. Yeah. Uh, you hit Ferguson, and right now, looking at the still. The middle linebacker is 10 yards off of Jake Ferguson. If he, if Dak in stride drops back three steps, hits Jake, Jake sits down at about the 10-yard line. Now you're looking at only 10 yards to go for third down, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
or Jake, who's been getting some good yak. Maybe he rumbles down to the five because the only person that's going to touch him before he gets uh, down to the five is going to be that middle line. And he can break tackles. And he can. So yeah, maybe you're inside the five. So it, it's just it's execution for me more than anything. And on this same play, circling all the way back to Tyler Biadish and the possible bad wheel, Tyler Biadish is on his backside. He's on his back. So if you go back and you look at this play from snap, Tyler gets engaged and he's on his back. He's pancaked. So now Dak, I think Dak, who already had predetermined he was going to Tobert, now he feels that his center is on the ground. So he assumes that the pressure might end up coming out of the pocket. He's like, okay, maybe I don't have time to go through my reads. I'm going to go with where I'm going to go. So circling back to the original point, your offensive line has to do a better job of holding up because your 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 quarterback Although he's not looking at that, he's looking down the field, he feels all of this. So when he feels Beatish go down, maybe he's like, I no longer have time for the secondary and third read. But if he does, yeah. if Tyler Beatish stays up, maybe he's more confident and he says, Yo, I'm off that Tobit read because the coverage doesn't look good over there. And then one, two, and Jake is standing right there in the face, 10, 15, maybe a 17-yard game. I'll say this, though. If you want to ask the coaches a question is, as much pick rubs that they run in some situations, it's been poorly executed, you know. But is that what are the coaching points for that? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you telling about depth? I mean, the 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 one that the Schoonmaker one that he was short, Dak doesn't even look to the right side. It's executed well on the right side. You get you get Lamb and Cooks. That thing's clean. And actually, Dak took the harder of the two throws. You know, if he steps back and fires the ball at you know at Cooks, it's an automatic. Yeah. It's it's right there. But he took the harder of the two throws, and because probably in practice they worked on it, where where Ferguson picked Schoonmaker's guy. The first touchdown they threw to Ferguson was a a pick. It was the fir- it was the very first play they ran on to two point when we were in Oxnard, where they brought Cooks inside and he screens and Ferguson goes to the flat. Very first play that they ran. Uh, when they did that goal line period that mm-hmm. time in Oxnard. You know, that they're capable of doing things like that, but I wonder, you know, okay, what's the coaching point on these rubs? The ball that went to the ball that was dropped by uh, Gallup. Mm-hmm. Gallup looks like he is picking yeah. for Ferguson, but what are they playing? They're playing zone, they're not playing man. Give the Eagles a little credit right there. They had a guy waiting for the crosser, and really Gallup's like he's open, but he's like not really expecting the ball. Still mm-hmm. has to make the play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still has to make the play. But he, to me, looked like he was the pick for Ferguson, and the mesh point was bad there. Mm -hmm. There were several snaps yesterday where they were trying to to run those mesh pick routes, get guys free, officials weren't calling it, and they couldn't coordinate to running guys into each other. Yeah. You know, so is that coaching? Is that teaching? Is that okay? Depth. That's the kind know, of thing. That's, yeah, that's the thing you worry about. But a lot of times, we always hear that Veteran Day on Wednesday, Veteran Day on Thursday. Maybe guys don't get to practice all this, and then they go out there and play, and we wonder why. Yeah, I tell we you what, I'm, and it's beginning to prove itself true more and more as the the season rolls along, um, especially with. CeeDee Lamb just being on an absolute heater. These these opposing defenses, they don't have an answer for Lamb, nor do they have an answer for Jake Ferguson. Um, I want to see for Ferguson yeah, to be I so want, much more I'm involved in the you. offense. Um, now, credit to Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy. They definitely got him more involved in this particular game. Yeah. We've been begging to see it, and they, they got it to him. Ten targets, seven touches, 91 yards, and a touchdown. Um, but this could have easily been a 125-yard, two-touchdown game for Jake Ferguson. So, for me, continue that trend of feeding Lamb and feeding Ferguson and let the rest of the, the wide receiver core kind of, you know, 
organically figure some things out, be it Cooks, Tolbert, Gallup, because you got to have that drop back from Gallup. Like, you got to catch that ball, particularly in that situation. Kudos to him for having some hard-fought catches yeah. later in the game as well. Two very physical, handsy uh, catches. That's what you expect. And one of those calls. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah, what you expect to see. Call. He created that call. Uh, too. Yeah, he absolutely. But, but Jake Ferguson down. needs to be your second read. Yeah, the, the thing about it is too with these, you know, with these these routes and stuff like that, you got to punish bad secondaries. Mm-hmm. That was a bad secondary yesterday. They Lunch. were getting banged up. <laughs> They're playing safeties at nickel. They're you yep. know they got Eli Ricks playing. He can't cover me. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things going on out there. You know, and that's the problem I have at times. You know, you, when you see, and, and maybe that's why Dallas sometimes they, we all knew going in the game they weren't going to be able to really try and run the football. But now you understand why teams don't run the ball against the Eagles. Because exactly. their secondary is so bad. Yep. But the punishment you get is if you don't block their front, you get negative plays. Yep. And that's and that's the great deodorant for them. Their front, their defensive front is the deodorant for how bad their secondary stinks. Yep. The right, Eagles mm-hmm. secondary is just lunch. It is lunch. And that's why I cannot wait for this rematch because yeah. uh, I mean it's it's coming home now. Yeah. You got you you've shown uh, that you can't stop. Yeah. Dak Prescott. So. I'm looking at some of the play-by-play and what still doesn't make any sense to me. You talk about making a conscious effort of involving certain people. Mm. And looking at Brandon Cooks, and we've been talking about him <laughs> all season, feels like. But more often than not, he finds a way to create separation and he's available. He's your best role. But he... Yeah, but, so. It's not like a conscious effort to target him. Like there, it doesn't seem like they come up with plays that are designed for well, Brandon Cooks. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. The two point plays and the play, the, some of the plays they were running down on the goal line. They're they're trying to with get him to start on one side and then go through all the trash to get to the corner. But the problem is you have breakdowns with the offensive line. So here they are, play action, Dak spins, and the next thing you know, he feels pressure. Now he has to move, mm. and then he takes off running and gets helicoptered. You know, that was a play. He was, they were trying to get the ball to Cooks on one of those plays. But pressure again, so Dak it, it does what he has to do. Yeah. Take off running, he gets spun up in the air. And, you know, here's our – I think they've tried to create opportunities for Cooks. I think they've had – every time it seems like it's a breakdown – of what's going on with the offensive line. Or Dak, like I said, on the play to Schoonmaker, he never looked. Cooks is walking that thing yeah. home. Yep. I mean, you look at the play. CD did his job. Cooks did his job. Dak never never took a look to the right. Made the harder throw over to Schoonmaker. And there, the tight ends over there kind of messed that up with their pick. You know, they didn't make Blankenship trying to run the hump. He just went down through there and... You know, if you're going to do that stuff, you got to execute down there, especially in that tight area. Yep. All right, let's take our final break. When we come back, we got to spend a little time on the defense. Uh, I'll have a question for you guys about looking at this Eagles offense and the production that they had and what you thought uh, when you just look at the numbers about how well this defense played. We'll talk about when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 
5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil change, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the Playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboy VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. To the break. Yeah, you have to get him early. Get a frame-worthy family holiday photo with Santa at the Star, presented by Monument Realty. Uh, Santa Claus will be at his Cowboys-themed cottage in the Star District from November 18th through December 24th. Book your visit before December 9th and save $5 with code STARS5. Or excuse me, STAR5. Visit thestardistrict.com slash Santa for more info. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read some numbers for you guys, some stats from the Eagles offense. And I want you to tell me, if I would have presented these stats to you on Friday, what would you have thought about how this game turned out without telling you how it turned out? Mm -hmm. So, Cowboys, I mean the Eagles, I'm sorry, Eagles offense, 207 uh, passing yards, 109 rush yards. A.J. Brown held the seven catches for 66 yards and a touch. Devontae Smith, three catches, 51 yards, and a touch. DeAndre Swift, 18 carries for 43 yards. That's a 2.4 average. Hurts, only 17 of 23 for 207 yards, two touchdowns. And he didn't kill you with his legs. Ten rushes for 36 yards and a touchdown. What would you have thought if I'd given you those numbers on Friday and said, who do you think won this game? Well, before I made my my prediction of 30-17, I, I based that prediction on those numbers being or that kind of production happening. Um, 
it's a 30-17 game for me if you show me those numbers in favor of the Cowboys. Uh, I said A.J. Brown was going to get a playoff. Okay, he got his touchdown. Uh, and I, I can't give enough credit to um, Jalen Hurts for that throw down the left sideline to Devontae Smith. That was indefensible. I mean, Bland was right there. I mean, you can't defend that. That was just a that was a dot. Um, so Devontae Smith, he made the play there. But, I mean, if you walk into this game and you're telling me that you're holding Jalen Hurts to roughly 200 yards passing, that means A.J. Brown didn't get off. That means Devontae Smith didn't get off. That means Dallas Goddard didn't get off. Um, you know, Gainwell, Swift, they both struggled uh, to, to get the ball off Gainwell later in the game. But um, this is a, that's a win for the Cowboys. I mean, go down the line, the the, the yardage and production offensively versus offensively. Um, Eagles just they, – they got the big plays when they needed them. But the Dallas defense – I mean, look at what A.J. Brown – bottom line is look at what A.J. Brown was doing before he, he faced this Cowboys defense. And look at what he did against the Cowboys defense. Virtually nothing outside of that touchdown. So, yeah, I want more of that. More of that, please. Yeah, for me – I would have said, okay, seems like a manageable game. Like, I, I know my people. I know my Cowboys. <laughs> I, I, know, I, know my I, know, I know them. I know that they keep you on your toes. And that, I, that would have sounded like looking at those stats. Yeah, they can manage. That, they should win. Because we've seen that before. We saw the 49ers playoffs. They should have. They should have won that game with what the defense was doing for you, and they didn't. So mm-hmm. it's just one of those. Um, I think it was... It really was a good game. Like, it, it, as far difference as is your offense showed up for this one. Yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about this in general. Like, I thought the competition was there. It was it, it, taking emotions aside. It was a good football game with both teams just kind of showing up and mm-hmm. doing what they needed to do, except for those penalties, execution, Zebra. or whatever. Zebra. But um, I thought the Cowboys' defense uh, did a pretty decent job against this offense it reminded me when we used to be in green bay and we'd play dallas and they'd have aikman and they'd have emmett smith and they'd have jay Novacek, and then mm-hmm. they have michael irvin and they'd have you know there's always they didn't all need to make plays at the same time but every time one of them would make a play and that's what you got yesterday the gain will touchdown brown's touchdowns uh, you start to talk about the way that they schemed uh, Goddard open for 29 yards until he broke his forearm. Mm. Their passing game went down a little bit after Goddard yeah. went out of there. That's going to be something to keep an eye on yeah. over the next yeah. several weeks. Yeah, yeah. so to me, um, yeah, the numbers tell a story, but the numbers don't tell the complete story, is that you still allowed big plays. And this team was going to lose games if they continued to allow chunk plays. You know, that's 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 the, the you know, they were going to take a shot in this in this game. They've taken a shot on every team in the league that they played so far with the vertical passing game. You know, it was a you know, it was a great throw. It was they you know, you, you get a good jam on one side of the field to kind of keep Brown from not running. That's the one thing I asked. Don't let Brown run. Yeah. Don't let Brown get started. That's what they did. Gilmore did a great job. But the stutter go, we've kind of seen a little bit of the stutter go has been a problem when you know when when you know when Bland he kind of reads you he settles now he oh now you're going to run with him again, you know those are the things it was you know it was a pretty pass right where it needed to be, but you have got to these 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 games come down to stopping these huge plays, and the Eagles despite all their numbers being just pedestrian for what they normally do, 
you still allowed big plays, and that 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 right there hurt you. You know, yeah. some something. Oh, go, sorry, no, I was just gonna say something that I did notice. Like, yeah, those big play happens. I feel like the Cowboys secondary just need to be need to play a tougher game. Something that I noticed the Cow- uh, the Eagles defense do, regardless, like on a big play, you catch the ball. The guy would come, whoever, I didn't even notice who it was at the time, but comes running, gets there, hits you so hard that you drop the ball. Mm. So it's like one of those things, like, if those catches happen, and more often they're not, they're right there with the guy, um, you need to play harder. And, like, maybe create some kind of fumble, turnover, whatever. But Oh, they're usually pretty good. Dallas will win when they turn people over. Yeah. They didn't turn the Which is and, and by the way, And by the way, they did have opportunities. They did actually turn. They actually created the fumble. No question. They just but didn't they got, recover yeah. it. No question. And I'll tell you this. Like, I, it seemed like to me, and this, this is just an anecdotal thing. I don't know what the numbers say. But it seemed like to me over the last really two years, you had more plays being made by Donovan Wilson and by J. Ron Curse, those kinds of plays, those They've game-changing struggled. kind of They've plays yeah. that we haven't really seen from those two players, particularly right. this season. Right. And again, I don't know if the numbers bear out like that. It just seems anecdotally, last year we come out of a game and inevitably you were talking about one of the two of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. They made Impact some play. plays. Yeah, they made some play that made a huge difference in the game. And it just it doesn't seem like that's happening as much this year. Y'all, you guys feeling yeah. the same thing? Yeah. Well, yeah. It, Their it, name's not being called as often. Well, um, as far as the safety trio is concerned, Hooker, on the other hand, uh, you've heard his name called several times over the course of this season and again on Sunday with the forced fumble. But, I mean, the Eagles made their explosive plays when they needed to make them, but the Cowboys' defense also had opportunities at explosive plays. Sam Williams, sack, forced fumble, it yeah. bounces right back into Jalen Hurst's hands. Malik Hooker, uh, forced fumble, it, it falls right back under the, the Eagle. So, I mean, the defense, to me, they played well. Um, could they have played better? Absolutely. That you know, the Eagles well, scored twenty eight points. Yeah, so, yeah, they could have scored. They could have played better, but they're struggling. With, they're struggling at nickel corner right now. Right. You know, and that's the whole thing when it when it and it goes back to Diggs. Right. You yeah. know, if you have Bland playing nickel corner, then maybe you don't have a sale route to to Dallas Goddard for mm-hmm. you know for a first down on third and eight or whatever it was. You know, maybe maybe you know you're 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 in these situations where. You're playing with guys, and you know, hey, it, you got to play with who you have. And yeah. it, I've seen Jordan Lewis make plenty of plays, you know, but they're they're struggling right there at that spot. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like though that to me, wherever they match up, they just got to stop. There's there's been key down and distance situations where they just haven't been able to get off the field. They got off the field better in the second half, yeah. and I think a lot of it had to do with how banged up Jalen Hurt uh, Jalen Hurts was in that game. You know, and, and they they needed to take better advantage of that. You know, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't get enough pressure when he was, you know, when he was limping around. But what did, what did Philadelphia do? They went to the running game. Dallas kind of shut the running game down in the second half on them. Didn't allow the big, the big plays and stuff like that. So, you know, it's unfortunate. But that, that's the one thing that kills this defense. Yes, they had opportunities to get turnovers. No, they didn't get them. And yes, they still give up big plays. All right, that's a wrap. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to do a little big-picture look at this team and maybe even take a couple topics from today that we didn't get to, like the running Cowboys running game, uh, and talk a little bit more about that. Uh, we'll do that tomorrow. Till then, for Patrick Walker, Brian Broaddus, and Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, guys?